let's get this show rolling. I'm Adam Banks, Field Agronomist with Pioneer. We've got my sidekick, the the better looking, the more athletic, Mr. Michael Wardeen on the other side of the call today. Mike, how you doing? Good. Hello, everybody. So you right now are on one end of the state and uh, you got snow out west. Um, we got seven inches of rain here and we're about three weeks away from planting. Let's talk about planters. Let's talk about guys sitting in their shops right now, getting planters put together and figuring out what do I need to do? What's my checklist on my planters to make the best use of my time before I go to the field? How's that sound? That sounds great. And we're in luck today because we have the planter expert, Mr. Cody Robinson from Wilcox. Cody is a part owner or co-owner in Planner Works. Cody, great to have you on the line today. How you doing? Doing great, Adam. Great to have the opportunity to come talk with you guys and be on your podcast today. So Mike and I are both agronomists. You know, we uh, spend a ton of time in fields to give our customers the best yielding opportunities. And one thing that is out of our control is how the plants get planted in the field. And, you know, that is up to the grower on getting their planters set correctly, going the right speeds, making sure everything is operated correctly. We can give them some advice on it. And I'm hoping today you can give everyone listening some advice on how to set up my planner for best overall results. You think you can get that done? I'll do my best. All right. Usually when we start out the season, all the yield potential in, in that corn hybrid that we just developed and brought out is there yet. It's in the bag. Things will chip away at that yield potential. So getting it right with the planner is probably the most important thing. What's a good checklist for guys to go through? So I think uh, there's a lot of technology nowadays and uh, sometimes, you know, general maintenance of, of that technology and the mechanical parts of the planner, uh, you know, get overlooked. And I think, uh, you know, most farmers, as many acres as they do plant a total teardown of the planter and then, you know, inspecting each part of the row unit itself, you know, starting with the true beast or the opener disc and making sure everything is good there. And the parallel alarms are one thing we see that get wear in them. They get chatter in the row unit that creates problems within the row unit. Also the metering system of the planter. All right, so we're going down the list. We're first thing we should really do is tear apart the planter completely, the row unit, take the row units apart, get the, get the uh, true V's put together and, and make sure that those are at accurate diameters right we're always setting our true v's the gap you know the two business cards and an inch and a half measuring that gap the thing we started to do is to measure that gap and then rotate the true v and then measure it again that's going to just let you know how true that true v is gauge wheels how important are those obviously the gauge wheel is very important we always like to have it rub on the true v at planning depth so when your gauge wheels are hanging you want to lift them up to where you about think your planting depth is going to be and then rotate the gauge wheel. But we want that right up against the true V for a good slice. Um, and then also to keep the true V clean and we don't want any dirt, um, you know, coming back up on us and the gauge wheel arms um, are almost more important than the gauge wheels themselves. But I just like to pick up the gauge wheel and, and see how much play I have side to side in that gauge wheel arm. 
you know, so we're talking Truvy and we're talking uh, gauge wheels and, and gauge wheel arms. So if, if our Truvies are, are a little bit more worn, what's that really matter? And if our gauge wheels aren't quite set um, up next to that true V, how's that really affect how we're planting or how the seed's going in the ground? I mean, this is the heart of the row unit, but what's it do? If we have a war uneven or the, the true V is not set properly or the bottom of our V will be variable. So that'll create variable planting depth um, with the gauge wheel itself. You know, like I said before, up against up against the true V to get us a nice slice there. And then also keep the true V and then you won't get dry dirt coming back up, um, wrapping around that gauge wheel and then possibly, you know, getting back into the, the true V trench um, or the true V trench uh, collapsing. So basically has everything to do with consistent, accurate planning depth. Yep. Which is always our goal. I mean, it's a consistent and accurate planning depth. Anything that we can do to achieve that is, is always our goal. Yeah. I, I could see fields that were planted very well in the fall. It's fields that weren't, you know, just by looking at ear bounds. You're looking at the ones that came up nice and even emergence. The ears are all the same height. And then you get latecomers or something like that. The ears are going to your height is going way up in the air and it might be a nubbin and the sins of planting show up all year long <laughs> when you're in there. And, and, uh, I notice that a lot and I'm sure you do too, Adam. Yes, I, I do. And it, it bothers me because we have the ability and we have the tools now, um, to do this stuff more accurately and, and planning, honestly, you get one chance to do it per season to do it right. And, Get it done right the first time. What's next on the list to really keep an eye on? So the closing system of the planner, you know, is something I feel like we've, we see a lot of wear in the closing tail. So if you release the, the tension from that closing tail and you move it side to side, if you have any sort of movement side to side, we want that closing tail perfectly aligned with the true V so that we're, you know, closing that true V properly. If if we're off to the side one way, we're just going to have a tire, you know, in the middle of the true V. Also, the other thing about closing wheels on your standard V closing, um, the gap between those closing should be around two inches between those two closing wheels. Um, sometimes I'll see them where they're too narrow or they're too wide, and we're not we're not closing that properly. That gap between your closing wheels correlates to your planting depth. So a normal corn planted at two inches, we want a two-inch gap on that closing wheel. When you're planting soybeans, Cody, you're talking about, you know, you're planting corn at two, two and a half inches, and you're going to have that gap at two inches on your closing wheel. Would you adjust that for soybeans when you're going maybe an inch, inch and a half? So I don't. I think it. you don't see, if you had it too narrow for corn, you would definitely see a problem, but when you're going to beans, I, I just don't think it's it's worth changing. Yeah, I can imagine beans are pretty forgiving. You just got to get some dirt on them, and yep, just brush a little dirt on them, Mike. That's how we get, get a little beans dirt on them. <laughs> yep, but no, that and that all makes sense. You know, I think a lot of people always question why closing wheels, uh, you know, originally come at an angle and that depth or that distance between them, and it is it's designed to 
you know, what our goal is first is to get good seed to soil contact and get that true V trench closed back up around the seed. Then the next goal of that is to eliminate any possible sidewall compaction and alleviate opportunity for crusting at the surface. What's more important on, you know, you get the guys in the sand hills and they got sandy knobs going into maybe a mucky wet bottom, going to sandy knob. And is it the down pressure or, or the type of wheel more important in that closing, being able to adjust the pressure you're putting there on those closing wheels? I'd want the, the trench closed at all times, whatever I had to do in those, you know, those tighter soils. If I could get that closed, then it should work in the sand. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you on that. I think the most important part is getting the seed trench closed and keeping that seed to soil contact. That is that is key, um, in my opinion. And then from there would be accurate depth, you know, with the down pressure piece. You want to set the planter and set your down pressure at an operating speed. So if you're going to plant the field at five mile an hour, or if you're going to plant it at eight mile an hour, that's what you should be doing when you're setting the planter, setting the parallel alarms and everything else. And the parallel alarms, you know, everything is affected by those parallel alarms. If they're not running parallel, your down pressure, you know, is going to have to work harder. It's going to affect your closing system, your depth. The whole row unit is designed to run parallel. And if it's not, um, it's affecting everything. Setting down pressure, we have technology now that tells us how much weight we have on that row unit, on those gauge wheels, and adjustments we can make from there. The new technology now is such a a great advantage to that for keeping consistent depth. And especially, again, it all comes back to the variable soils and or planting conditions and tillage type. Even with the, the fully automated planters, we still make adjustments. And most of those are based off the information we're getting from devices on that planter. But in every environment, you know, we have to make uh, certain little changes, you know, to that down pressure and, and how it's acting, even with the automated systems. I will give up a little bit occasionally if I'm too wet, you know, so I don't create another problem with sidewall compaction. Let's recap everything that we just talked about. We talked about true V's being one of the most important parts at heart of the planter, creating that seed slice along with the gauge wheels then for consistent depth. The parallel linkage piece, making the rest of that work, you know, making the row unit itself work correctly. So if you have the parallel linkage not adjusted correctly, you're somewhat wasting your time trying to make sure that your gauge wheel, down pressure, and closing wheels are set correctly. So you want to start with making sure your planter is running parallel with the parallel linkage arms straight across. Then you check your depth with your true V and gauge wheels. Then you check your closing system and make sure that you're getting your seed slice closed correctly without creating sidewall compaction. Then you check your overall down pressure and make sure that down pressure is not excessive or too light that would be giving you variable seed depth. But there is something that we missed that runs through before any of this happens. And that's the row cleaners. What's the do's and don'ts on a row, a row cleaner? Row cleaners should probably be adjusted multiple times a day. Everything that row cleaner does gets transferred to the row unit because most of them are mounted on the row unit themselves. So if you have problems with your row cleaner, 
as far as, as it's wore out. Um, it's got slop in it, and there's a problem with it. Obviously, bearings also. It's going to transfer some of that to your row unit. My stance on setting a row cleaner always is I want to move enough trash so I'm not hairpinning, but I don't want to move too much dirt that I'm creating a mound or I'm getting into some wetter soil and then my, my row unit's going through there and then I'm creating a possibility of crusting. With, with that mounted to each row unit, I imagine if you're trying to do too much tillage, just move a lot of dirt with that. It's going to eat a lot of your margin up on your bar too, won't it? Yeah, so we, we see guys you know, trying to move too much dirt and lift the whole bar out of the ground. That is one of my biggest pet peeves on a planter. A planter is designed to accurately place seed in the ground. A planter is not a tillage tool. And, and the point that I want to get back to is we get to do this one time. And the majority of, of our customers, if you look at it, you get roughly 30 times in your entire career to do this right. Planting is the most important part. When we talk to um, other corn breeders and we've talked to other agronomists, it, it all comes down to how can you make that plant emerge more uniformly and faster out of the ground? So everything that we talked about today is to achieve that. And if you slack on any part of that, it can be a significant yield loss. I'm looking at statistics right now, and I'm looking at some research data that shows uniformity and timing of emergence can account for 10% of your overall yield starting out. The next piece of this, though, then is a little bit less, but 3 to 5% of your yield can come from accurate spacing. Wardine can jump in at any time here that he's seen with a lot of this through the impact testing. But if you roughly are three to four days behind in emergence and put you about one leaf color behind in June, the research has shown uh, you're going to be about two thirds to half an ear size versus the one next to it from a kernel count standpoint. If you are two leaf colors behind in June versus your neighbor are actually going to be about a quarter of the ear size, if not barren plant at harvest time. Mike, what do you see in the impact trials? Well, yeah, and, and granted, the impact planters don't go real fast. They're going at a maybe two or three mile an hour pace because the, the GPS is tripping the, the plots every so many seconds and it's uh, dumping and cleaning out and moving new seed in. Perfect simulation and everything. Even with all that good information and all that good technology on that planner, we still will end up with variable ears in the ear, in the ear bounce. You will see it. And I'll see it sometimes in, in the, the no-till where we're no-tilling ready to wheat stubble or something like that. It's just hard to have depth control on those kind of really tough environments. So the soil might be hard, might be soft in, in the same row. And it's just, uh, it's a little harder to adjust. But uh, on the good irrigated pivots, usually going on soybean ground. It's just nothing more pleasing to the eye when you see that corn come up at a, a two or three day period and it's just all even. And, and you see that in the fall too, with the ear uh, set being the same height all the way across the row uh, really makes a difference on those things. We talked about a lot of things that you can do to make stuff right, but what, what are the worst things that you can do that are going to live with you the entire year at planting time or things that you've seen? I would say creating too much sidewall compaction and uh, so having too much down pressure, 
creating sidewall compaction and planning too shallow are the two things that haunt you throughout the entire year. Obviously, like your your singulation, your spacing, well, that's going to haunt you. But uh, for a large impact, those two things, as an agronomist, I think watching those two throughout the summer have, have haunted guys the most. Really cool technology on these planters today. I mean, there's so much information available to the guy running the planter coming in and he's he's looking at down pressure and everything. And, you know, may, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, there's a guy that's just got a basic planter. And he just wants to do a better job, but he wants to start this year and maybe add each year a little bit to his planter. If you're that guy, Cody, what are the most important things he can start with when he wants to start doing a better job at planting time as far as adding things to his planter? So hey, I'm going ju- I'm, I'm to jump in here real quick, Wardeen, because it yep. sounds like maybe you're trying to find uh, find a cheap planter that you can go farm 40 acres with on the side. I mean, the, the way that you phrase that, it's I, almost I gotta like, get, Hey, I got to get my sweet corn in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Cody. So I think uh, seed farmers that they, they pay for themselves. So for a very cheap um, basic thing, you can add to a planter. That's one of my favorites. Number two would be uh, the, the clean sweeps or the a floating row cleaner of some kind, you know, either air adjust is a pretty simple option, especially if you have floating row cleaners. Now you can add the air adjust for, for not that much more. All right. So it sounds like Mike, you got a little bit of work to do to get your uh, sweet corn planter going. Yeah. I need, I need to get the two row ready to go. So. Yeah. I, I think so. You're looking at 60 bucks uh, on that two <laughs> row for the, for the seed firmers and, you know, maybe a little bit more than that for the, air adjustable uh, row cleaners. And, and I, I, I like both of your options there because that it comes back again to the agronomics or, or the point of the planter, the point of the planter, again, put the seed in the ground um, as accurately and consistently as possible. A seed firmer, in my opinion, does a great job of getting that seed to soil contact and placement. And then the row cleaner piece makes everything else on the planter work better. Um, that is something that should be adjusted all the time. If you've got fixed row cleaners, you have to, within that day, get out and adjust those multiple times for multiple conditions. So your idea on the um, adjustable air uh, with either a floating or uh, forced air up and down, I think either one of those work really well. But just make sure that we don't have them over adjusted to where we're moving too much dirt. Okay, Cody, when you go to that field for that first time, what am I doing? So I think just on that first field, taking your time and digging. Nothing substitutes for digging. Everybody wants to go and get going, but an hour worth your time of digging and checking yourself. I mean, you can have a $180,000 planter and getting out and digging is, is the simplest thing that can make you the most money out there in the field. You said it. There's no substitute to digging and double checking. That that part, I couldn't agree more with. So as the season progresses, that's something that should continue to be done. What do you recommend guys doing? I think multiple times a, a day um, as conditions change, as you get into different things, you know, and sometimes things can happen with the planter that you're not even aware of. Okay. So when you're digging, what are you digging for? What are you, what are you looking at? How do you... How do you look at maybe sidewall compaction if I'm creating any? And then 
obviously you're looking for depth when you're digging anything else air pockets and you'll see them when you're digging you know in that small area and they might not be near the seed but somewhere throughout the, the field they are going to be right on the seed so that's something i've watched more for you know obviously you're going to you're going to check your depth uh, make sure you're closing that trench you know you might lift up a closing well system and look at what you're your sidewall looks like if you're smearing that sidewall, if it's a little wet, as maybe pull some of that down pressure off. If we're smearing that sidewall and it really needs to go, you know, we got the ability to lessen that down pressure up a little bit and see if that helps. I just, I, I want to end this podcast with talking about the importance of checking your planter before it goes to the field, checking the true V's, checking the parallel linkage, understand that the row cleaners are a very important part of your planter unit. If bearings are bad in those, it's going to affect your entire row unit and how it works. Your closing wheels, that tongue that comes out of the back, if that's not tracking correctly, you're not closing the seed trench correctly. Those are all very important things to look at right off the bat. But then understanding while you're planting, get out of the get out of the tractor, dig around a little bit, do multiple rows too. Don't always check the same row. Understand the depth that you're looking at. Make sure that you're not creating too much sidewall compaction. Understand that when you go from a different tillage practice, that you need to double check that planter again and reset things. Even in automated systems with the, you know, the automated down pressure and the, and the automated row cleaners, that there's settings there that need to be adjusted daily and from field to field. And as the seed planting season progresses, those field conditions change. So I want guys to make sure that they're aware of all of those things as we close this up. And all of that is brought back to one very important piece that we talked about the entire time, corn uniformity and timing of emergence, because that can account for up to 10% of final yield. So Cody, thank you very much for being on the phone. Anything closing that you would like to add into this? I think uh, my whole theme is small things can reward us in a big way. If we just take our time, make some small adjustments, go out and dig, it can mean a lot of money for us in the end. And that we're definitely going to be rewarded for taking that time. And then I want to thank Adam and Mike for having me on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yep, absolutely. So Cody, co-owner, Planner Works in uh, Wilcox, Nebraska. So thank you. Mike, final thoughts? Each year we come out with these high-performing genetics. Uh, that yield potential is 100% right now in that box. It's it's what we do from here on out that's going to take little nicks and out of the percentage planting is one of the biggest ones. Thank you again so much. This is uh, Kicking Dirt with Mike and Adam, episode six. Enjoy the rest of the week, guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>